From the University of Cambridge and the Center of Governance and Human Rights, I'm Nyusha Bastani. And I'm Max Curtis. And this is Declarations. Season 3 starts here. Every episode, Declarations explores the big debates around politics and human rights, with academics and activists from here in the UK and around the world. And today, we're launching our third season. Everything's new, new theme song, new studio, and best of all, new panelists. So today, we have all six of this season's panelists packed around the table, and we're going to quickly introduce ourselves. Uh, I was a panelist last year, and those of you who were listening from the very beginning of Declaration, you'll remember Max from season one. Yep, so Nusha and I are both PhD students at uh, Politics here in Cambridge, and we're really happy to be back and joined by this new team of panelists for season three. So if everyone could introduce themselves, maybe Helen? I'm Helen Jennings. I'm an undergraduate law student in my final year here at the University of Cambridge. And you might recognize my voice from an episode of Declarations back in May, where I spoke on reproductive rights activism. I'm Namaya Sheree, I'm a master's student in international relations and politics, and I specialise in party politics, the politics of race, and African politics as well. Hi, I'm Mary Jean, and I'm an MPhil student with a research focus on literature here at the University of Cambridge. I have a legal background, and I'm interested in exploring what human rights means in 2018. Hi, I'm Francesca Dakin. I'm studying for my MPhil in social anthropology, interested in how culture is commodified within the tourism sector of developing nations and the socio-political lives of cultural and or heritage objects held by museums, particularly how issues in these areas affect the lived experiences and identities of the local and or source communities. So we're going to talk about human rights and what it means today. It's especially relevant since this year we're focusing on three broad themes, memory, community, and futures. For the next couple of months, we're starting with memory. How do we remember, memorialize, and even weaponize the past? Then, community. Who do rights belong to? The individual, the nation, or other kinds of communities, many of them marginalized? And finally, futures. Can we imagine and create hopeful alternatives against oncoming threats we all fear? So those are some pretty weighty topics that we have as our themes for this season. And we want to think about how human rights fit within those things. That's something we grappled a lot with last season. Some things we were thinking about where are we getting disillusioned with human rights? Are human rights still even the right lens for looking at social justice issues today? So that all kind of fits in with our themes of how we remember things. Who is this we that we're talking about? Who gets to be human? Who gets to imagine the future? So let's start talking about that. So something that's been on my mind recently that really fits in with two themes that we'll be exploring this year, that of community and of futures, is the current housing crisis that's really ravaging Ireland's population at the minute. Obviously, I started at home um, to think of a human rights topic for today. But of course, this is relevant in many nations currently. Homelessness is a massive problem, but it can also be a hidden problem. You know, someone doesn't have to be on the streets to be homeless. And in terms of Ireland, between 2017 and 2018, homelessness increased by 35%. That's a shocking figure. Within that, I'd really like to talk about adequate housing as a human right and rights-based housing strategies that may be employed by governments. 
it seems quite radical to have a rights-based housing strategy because so often it's seen as purely economic. And in that way, I'm sort of drawing on the theme of community that we'll be talking about later on in the year. But also when we look at futures, I'm thinking about modern businesses and how they interact with social housing. Specifically, let's take a hot topic example, Airbnb. So companies like Airbnb, although they can be great for economic development and they allow individuals to really capitalize on their own economic assets, they also affect the community where they operate. And I know that in Dublin at the minute, Airbnb has caused the stagnation of lots of property around Dublin. It's not being used for um, local families, for local people. It's not being rented to local people. It's being used purely economically in fueling tourism. And I think that that can be seen as a good thing or a bad thing. But when we look at it through a human rights lens, and if we look at adequate housing as a human right, there's a huge interaction between that and the current homelessness crisis. So there's a huge interaction there between sort of the history of what's going on back home and the communities that are being created through this and then the sort of futures that we're trying to imagine. Does anyone else have any sort of examples from where they come from? So I've been following what's been going on currently with the caravan crisis that's heading for the United States. And I think that's also an interesting kind of human rights um, issue that needs to be addressed and sort of um, engaged with. And I paradox this or sort of juxtapose this with the um, ongoing um, African migration crisis of many West Africans heading for Europe across Libya and through the Mediterranean. And for me, this sort of it's an interesting topic in both instances, both with the caravan crisis with those coming from Central America and also with the Africans that are heading for Europe and just the ways in which they travel from, you know, their various regions hoping for a better future. And engaging with our three themes, particularly memory, community and futures, it's interesting how, you know, looking at this from a from a historical point of view and sort of and engaging with this from a historical point of view, particularly with how people were formerly their bodies used as um, subjects for capitalism and as structures for capitalism. And and those cases, there were it was involuntary. But in the contemporary sense, it's voluntary. People are using themselves and, such, and subjecting themselves to these kinds of, you know, these kinds of circumstances because they seem to have no choice. And, you know, engaging with it from a community point of view, it's interesting how in different instances, people want to either, you know, secure their borders and make sure that these people do not come into their countries or talk about them as if they're kind of subjects and not necessarily humans. And engaging with this from a future point of view, it's, it's a question of, you know, what, do, what does our future look like? Particularly looking at this from a human rights point of view in 2018. And to also touch on this issue of homelessness and migration, for example, homelessness often affects other human rights as well. For example, the right to a private and family life which is obviously protected by Article 8 of the Human Rights Convention. So this right also includes the protection of individuals' physical and psychological integrity as well, which is easily jeopardised without stable accommodation, for example. Um, And I think a lot of people do know that there's a proven link between homelessness and poor physical and mental health. So poor health altogether, with the uncertainty of homelessness, can compromise the quality of um, family life. Also, 
the individual's right to health, family life and dignity are all endangered by homelessness. So you can see the direct relationship between physical, mental health, homelessness, etc., and the relationship between that and human rights as well. And that's really expressed in the UN Committee on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights' definition of the right to adequate housing. So they define it as the right to live in security, peace and dignity. But within that definition, I found it really interesting that they identified several key features of adequate housing that really play on what you've just said there. Um, That's legal security of tenure, affordability, habitability, availability of services, accessibility, location. And what I found really interesting is that they included cultural adequacy within that. So that's playing on how different communities view housing and what is a home very differently and how that can play upon someone's idea of being safe, being secure, and how that can then affect their mental, physical well-being. So a lot of the things we've touched on so far cover the themes of community and future, which we'll look at closely, but one we've touched on less so far is the theme of memory, and I really want us to get started on thinking about that as well. Um, I know, Francesca, your work relates to that a lot, so could you tell us what you're thinking along the lines of this theme? Yeah, so coming at it from an anthropological perspective, I would hope to be able to talk a little bit more about the lived experiences of source communities, uh, particularly with regards to museum and cultural heritage, and how we can bring in indigenous voices and indigenous presences into the conversation a little bit more, particularly with regards to the current themes of decolonizing museums and repatriation, which have been a hot topic both on this podcast already and in general discourse around Cambridge. So these are some really fantastic themes and really fantastic topics. We're going to cover some of this later in the season, and some of these things we may not pick up again, but I think these are some really great starting points, and I'm really looking forward to the episodes we've got coming up. The next few months, I think we're going to be mostly focusing on memory as our big theme, but that's also going to cover a lot of the other themes as well, community and future. So, you know, Declarations has a lot of really exciting stuff coming up, and we hope that everyone's going to join us for these next few episodes. Thanks again to all our new panellists, and thank you for listening. Subscribe to Declarations on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at DeclarationsPod, and like us on Facebook. Tune in next time for more Declarations. Declarations.